is an alternative from a centralized identity, and that's decentralized identity. So uh, right now, in a centralized model, you have uh, a number of different techniques to actually, I talked about proving the assertion before, and that's by sharing with me something you know, like say your mother's maiden name, something you have, which might be a physical key. If you guys, uh, everyone might remember back several years ago, you know, your employer may give you this little key that, that had like little numbers that, that appeared on it from time to time. The, the other thing is something you are or something that is intrinsically part of you, your iris scan, your fingerprint, your voice print. There's a number of different techniques out there commonly lumped into the, the term biometrics. Another way uh, is by something you're temporarily given. So the one we're most familiar with, you're trying to log into your bank and it says, let me send your phone a passkey. So something you know, something you have, something you are, or something you're given. That's today how centralized uh, identity works. Decentralized identity kind of flips that on its head and says, I'm going to keep my own identity. I'm going to go out to a general public distributed ledger which may or may not be blockchain, but I'm going to go to that. I'm going to assert and prove my identity to this ledger. But Mark, blockchain, you know, you do have to trust that the configuration that leads to consensus is going to be something that'll be properly maintained. But I'm going to set up credentials in a wallet of all these credentials of all the things that I want to grant to other people. So now instead of the service provider having all the power, now it's the user has all of these keys. So if I go to withdraw money from the bank, I want to get uh, $500. I go to the bank and I say, I am Mark Campbell. Um, by the way, here's a credential. You can go verify it on the distributed ledger to prove that I'm Mark Campbell. By the way, here is a credential for my bank account. But you can see that this is the exchange of credentials as mm -hmm. opposed to the exchange of an assertion and demanding a proof. And you might say, well, why are, why are we trying to do all of that? The main reason is because centralized identity has got several problems with it, right? But all of these security breaches that we hear about constantly, that centralized repository, think of it much like a bank, right? That bank has got a vault filled with cash. Bank robbers want to get in and take the cash out of the vault. Same thing with identity. The big value in a lot of these companies is that identity database. So, Mark, let me come back and uh, summarize what you've described, which is um, that there today the majority of the way that we do identity um, verification is through a centralized authority that has uh, some advantages and some disadvantages. The advantages are that it's reasonably well understood and it's reasonably easy to use just because it fits into a lot of other workflows. Like uh, in the example that I use with two-factor authentication, when I use my phone, then uh, it's just something I've usually got with me so I can just get into my email, for example. But it's got a downside, a profound downside, or at least two have jumped out from what you said. One is uh, scaling. It can only get so large because it's necessarily going through one place. There's always scaling limits. And then two, it creates a very attractive um, place where there's uh, value stored in one place, which makes it uh, sort of a target for uh, bad stuff. 